happy Friday, everyone. To all those, maybe it's a happy Friday except for Bengals fans. I'm going to react to Joe Burrow's injury first. Then I will discuss the game last night, Bengals-Ravens, as well as my Week 11 picks. Jim Harbaugh, uh, I talked about, you know, yesterday as I did my podcast of breaking news surrounding Michigan University of suspension. I talked a little more about that with some new news again every day. Something new about this story unfolds, and I make my Week 12 college football picks. But let's get started with the biggest news of the day, and that's Joe Burrow's injury. Uh, it's big because he is going to miss the rest of the regular season. Uh, he's likely going to need surgery as well. Uh, Joe Burrow said that, you know, I was just going to tape it up and give it a shot, and he just couldn't. Again, the surgery will repair the torn ligament in his wrist. That is his throwing hand, again, which is why um, he won't be playing. So definitely hurts uh, the Bengals losing Joe Burrow. Super Bowl odds have already fallen from like 12 to 1 to 60 to 1. So it is, no, not sure you're quoting this. It's a huge loss. It's unfortunate. Uh, Bengals were my pick to not only win the AFC North, uh, but to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Uh, so that's down to drain me and Dave Portnoy, founder of Barstool Sports, in the same boat uh, right there. Uh, hurts, but uh, looks like now, like I said yesterday, Winner of that game would probably win the division. It looks like Ravens are winning the division. Steelers will get in the playoffs. So Bengals are not going to make the playoffs with this Joe Burrow injury. And we've already lost uh, quite a few quarterbacks due to injury. Uh, this year, uh, Joe Burrow's just added to the list um, of Deshaun Watson. That happened um, a few days ago. Already this season, we've had uh, you know Aaron Rodgers to start the season. We had Anthony Richardson. Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, so around six starters uh, that are not playing. Uh, not great because that's around a fifth of the guys' uh, teams in the NFL, 20%. Not great to lose 20% of starting quarterbacks, especially one of those being a rookie who's promising, and then two of those guys being elite uh, top-end guys. So quarterbacks getting injured, you hate to see it, especially in the NFL, uh, because quarterback is what is one of the biggest pulls, one of the biggest draws, uh, you know, whether a gambler is well better taking sides, uh, quarterback is the most important position. Um, so it hurts, uh, you know, and especially this one, you know, coming off my podcast yesterday, I had Burroughs top two quarterback number two. That's not going to change, but I would like to see less quarterback injuries. I feel like every year, uh, we have quarterback injuries. This one, to me, feels more unusual with quarterback injuries. So are there ways to prevent quarterback injuries? Because there's no way to eliminate all quarterback injuries unless they go out there with a different colored shirt on and you're not allowed to touch them, um, which, again, would make the game fair because why have edge rushers and offensive line? It would just be seven on seven. So I think there are ways the NFL can prevent uh, quarterback injuries, take measures, take uh, action uh, to prevent uh, QB injuries. One of them 
eliminate the preseason. Uh, we don't need a preseason. It's not entertaining. It's not fun. Nobody bets on a preseason. Uh, preseason literally doesn't matter uh, at all. You don't learn anything from a preseason. Quarterbacks get hurt. You play in the preseason. It's just additional wear and tear on your body for an already long season. So preseason is not necessary. Get rid of it. Uh, the college, you know, college players don't have a preseason. They have training camps, camps, practice uh, that, you know, they go to. And then first game of the season, some of them are already a marquee matchup at Georgia Clemson. Some of them cupcakes again. NFL, you don't really have those cupcake matchups. Uh, but maybe you don't schedule division matchups uh, week one. Uh, you schedule other matchups within the conference or outside the conference. Um, that's kind of what I would like. Outside conference matchups week one, I think, would be spicy to see top AFC teams against top NFC teams based on last season's results or, you know, preseason uh, favorites. Uh, but eliminating the preseason, I think, would be fine. Again, college players don't have it. And you see teams in college hit the ground running. Michigan this year, Georgia so many times, Alabama. So it does take, you know, you might have to grind out some wins, but, you know, I don't think a preseason is needed. Another thing that is needed is having two buys. Uh, and either, uh, you know, the one way I don't like is people saying eliminate Thursday night football altogether. I don't like that. I do love having a game on Thursday night. But incorporate two buys into the um, schedule. So that if you are playing on Thursday night, you have a bye week before that game. That way, you're not playing on short rest. You're not dinged up. It's like, hey, you'll have uh, really, you know, 10 days to prepare from your Sunday to Thursday. And then you have like another 10 days from your Thursday um, to um, your next Sunday game. So to me, that sort of works out having two buys. And then you look at college schedules next year. Uh, Big 10 teams are having two buys and they're only playing 12 games. NFL is playing 17 games. They added another game, put in another buy, uh, add another week to the schedule, um, and put a buy in there. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's not going to drag out the NFL season or make the NFL, you know, not watchable. People will still love the NFL. It's added an extra buy. Uh, because then, uh, you know, you're rested. You're not hurt. Joe Burrow uh, wouldn't have to go on this wrist injury that he had yesterday. So I think a couple of those things, eliminating the preseason, adding in an extra buy, I think those are things the NFL can do to prevent further quarterback injuries. I think something needs to be addressed after this season because, um, again, they want their stars on the field. Um, quarterbacks, I want to see all the quarterbacks play. Um, so I think that should be a factor uh, in meetings this offseason. So, again, still with Joe Burrow's injury, here is this footage of it that they showed after he got injured, some amateur cam, uh, you know, filmed him walking into the flight or out of the flight with a, I don't know, a splinter or something on his wrist. And, you know, everybody made a big deal about it, and the NFL is investigating it for why wasn't this on the injury report? And I feel two ways about it. It was Joe Burrow didn't have this injury designation 
all season. Never dealt with a wrist injury. There's nothing coming from practice about him having a wrist injury. Um, so I get the Bengals, you know, not disclosing it because, hey, we disclose he has a wrist injury. It's his throwing hand. Guess what? You know, our players in the go out there and intentionally hurt him. But, hey, um, if my, you know, head accidentally knocks his arm or I'm tackling him for a sack and I put extra pressure on my wrist, then, hey, it's fair game. Uh, and you don't want, you know, to put Joe Burrow out there hurt uh, with players knowing what is going on with him. And now the flip side, of course, the betters don't like that because if people would have known that, hey, Joe Burrow is on the injured list, um, would it affect, you know, the line, Bengals, you know, minus uh, or plus three and a half? I think it rose up to four. Injured list, does he not play? Uh, that swings the line even more. People probably shy away from putting any money on Bengals. So you have that um, debate there. I'm fine with them not designating uh, the injury for something like that because, hey, uh, I don't want, you know, my quarterback uh, getting hurt out there. So I'm fine with that. But now the Bengals are 5-5. Five and five. They're last in the division. Um, all the teams that they play from here on out are all 500 or above. And my honest opinion is they should punt on the season. Uh, they should finish, uh, five and 12. Um, I don't know what games they'll be favored in the rest of the way. They have two games against the Steelers, a game against the Browns, Chiefs, Jaguars. Uh, you know, I just don't see a game in which they're favored. So. If I'm the Bengals, I'm taking, uh, you know, trying to get a top 10 pick if I'm 5-12. and 12, Why? At that spot, I can draft a left guard. Uh, Bolson has been utterly terrible uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Or I could draft a wide receiver to replace T. Higgins if I'm not going to sign him uh, to an extension. So address some areas there or address, you know, another pass rusher or something like that on defense. But there are some holes on this team. Um, it's a good roster, a complete team, uh, but there are still some areas they can upgrade. So I would just say, hey, 5-12, and 12, Joe Burrow's gone. Uh, Jake Browning didn't show us anything last night that appealed to us and said, hey, he can be our starter. He can lead us to the playoffs. Of course, Zach Taylor is saying all the right stuff like, hey, he's still our guy. We can still make the playoffs. There's still a shot. Of course, you're supposed to say it, but come on. Let's get real. Uh, there's no shot this season is done for the Cincinnati Bengals. But now let's talk about the Ravens. Uh, Ravens uh, won this game, uh, close game uh, there until Joe Burrow got hurt and kind of went away from them as it was 14-10. Uh, Joe Burrow gets hurt, and then all of a sudden it's 34-13. So Ravens won Lamar Jackson was fantastic yesterday. Why? Because I said yesterday they were dealing with injuries, their left tackle being out, uh, their star corner also was doubtful. He ended up not playing. Odell got hurt into the game. Uh, but here, Lamar is slinging it uh, to his wide receivers. Great offensive game plan by Todd Monken. Again, I'm just really impressed um, with uh, how he played uh this game so far this season, Lamar Jackson's been incredible. The defense 
uh, really clamped down. And again, once Joe Burrow got injured, um, they were able to handle the run, uh, stop a run, and then, you know, limit Jake Browning in the passing attack. So great team win for the Ravens. Uh, they improved to 7-3. and three. I think you can officially crown them winners of the division uh, with Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, uh, in the dumps, Cleveland, Deshaun Watson gone in Pittsburgh, a middling team. But, again, Lamar Jackson is better than Kenny Pickett. But the Ravens did suffer an injury of their own. Um, Mark Andrews, hurt ankle yesterday. He's out rest of the season. This, to me, is a huge blow. Of course, it's not Joe Burrow-level bad or if Lamar Jackson got hurt that level. But it's still a big injury because he is the focal point of the passing attack. He's, you know, with top three tight end in the game. And he can block. Great receiving. He's not only the security blanket uh, for Lamar Jackson, but he's his most trusted target, the player he has the most rapport with. So it's a huge loss for Lamar Jackson, no doubt about it. Uh, this offense will look different if Odell's injury is serious. Uh, it hurts them. Uh, Lamar Jackson was also limping with an ankle uh, yesterday. So this Mark Andrews thing is big um, for the time being. We can see how they adjust to it. I think Isaiah likely their backup is a good backup. Uh, again, not Mark Andrews level, but he's a more than capable backup tight end in the NFL if you need to throw him out there. Another big guy that can make plays, make catches for you in the passing game. So yeah, that Thursday night game, start off 0-1, uh, Joe Burrow injury. I wish I could just say I'm sorry out there to everyone who I advised to pick the Bengals. If, again, if I was like Dave Portnoy known Joe Burrow was on the injury report, probably wouldn't have advised that. But let's go to the rest of the games. Steelers-Browns. Browns are somehow a one-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Don't know how I'm going with the dog out right here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like the Steelers in this one. Their defense is really good. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, but Cleveland's, you know, obviously doesn't have much faith in their backups, DRT, uh, P.J. Walker. They're turning to Joe Flacco interviewing with him because that's how little confidence they have in their quarterback group. So I think this defense, T.J. Watt, will get after uh, the Cleveland Browns. I think Pittsburgh uh, wins this game uh, behind a great defense, and if they need Kenny Pickett in the fourth quarter, guess what? That's when he delivers. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers to win as a road dog outright against the Cleveland Browns. Next, Chicago and Detroit. I like Detroit to win in this game. I, uh, you know, seven and a half. I'd probably like the Lions um, take the points plus a win. I just think they're that good of a team. Justin Fields is playing, but he said himself he's not a hundred percent. He's not there yet. Yeah, I don't like that when Aiden Hutchinson's been a little quiet. The pass rush needs to wake up. I expect the defense to wake up against the Bears. They're not looking ahead to the Packers or any other team. They're focused on this game right here against the Bears to get to 8-2. and two. Um, I think the Detroit Lions offense rolls. I think Jared Goff stays hot at home, uh, playing great there. I like the Detroit Lions to win this game. 
Chargers and Packers. I like the Chargers in this one. Could this one be high scoring? It has the potential because uh, two weak defenses, but Los Angeles Chargers have really picked it up with Herbert and the Keenan Allen uh, duo. We're really finding a great connection uh, teaming up there. Austin Eckler back, uh, looking more and more like himself. Uh, give me the Chargers in this one. I think they're going to win. Uh, if this is a shootout, Green Bay does not have the offense that uh, the Lions have. So I don't expect a shootout. If this one gets one-sided, Chargers, I could see getting up early by 14. Uh, and they can kind of cruise the rest of the way if they need to score more touchdowns after that. I like the Chargers uh, to win this game. Then you have Las Vegas and Miami. Uh, Miami, I like a lot. Uh, I think Miami is going to absolutely steamroll Vegas. Uh, Vegas, you know, is enjoying their time with their interim head coach, Antonio Pierce. They just beaten up the two bad New York teams at home, the Giants and the Jets. Now they face a real team in Miami. Miami coming off a bye. Uh, best offense in the NFL. Uh, beat up bad teams like the Raiders. And I think Miami is just going to steamroll over the Raiders. I think Tua has a great game. Uh, I think Devin Aiken is close to being activated. If he is, expect a big game from him. Tyree Kill on his MVP quest 2,000-yard campaign. Big game from Miami. I think all-around dominant performance. 40 spot right there. Giants and Washington. So Giants have struggled on offense for a long time now. Uh, commanders um, are also, you know, not playing great. They've you know, lost, you know, three out of their last four games. But I do like the Commanders to get back on track. They've already lost to the Giants. Once this year in a low-scoring game, uh, Sam Howell is somehow leading the NFL in passing yards. He's actually been a good quarterback. 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. I like the Commanders at home uh, to avenge their earlier loss to the New York Giants. Dallas and Carolina. This one's tricky because, hey, uh, Dallas, big favorite, but guess what? They're on the road. Uh, Dak struggles on the road compared to home. The team struggles. However, we're facing the lowly Panthers. Uh, could this be a case of the Arizona Cardinals earlier in the season where that was the worst team, and Dallas Cowboys lose on the road. Part two, deja vu up in here. Uh, Dallas facing the worst team in the NFL on the road. I don't think so. I think they'll be more focused, um, knowing that they still have a chance to win the division, uh, clinch a uh, top two seed. I think Dallas uh, comes out, starts right with uh, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb. They win it. I think this is a game. They can try to get Tony Pollard going as well. Tennessee and Jacksonville. I like Jacksonville. Uh, Will Levis, great couple games to start his career. He's kind of cooled off. And the Jags just coming off an abysmal performance uh, to the Niners' worst game they played all season. One of the worst games I've seen a team play all season. Um, that was the Jags. I think they bounced back, rebound, and beat uh, Tennessee um, and kind of create separation there, uh, knowing that, hey, uh, the Texans are right behind them. They need to start, you know, winning some games and looking impressive. Arizona and Houston. This is another 
Uh, I expect close game. The Houston line is uh, is moving up there. Uh, five and four, you know, good team. But Kyler Murray uh, came back his first game since an ACL and led his team to a win. I think this will be another close game. So, so far I've taken one a dog in the uh, Chargers. Uh, my bad. In the uh, Steelers so far. I think the Cardinals upset the Texans here. A lot of talk on the Texans and MVP C.J. Stroud. I think they cool off a little bit here. Tough spot for them after two big wins um, at home. I think a home letdown is in order for Houston. Then Tampa Bay, San Francisco. I think San Francisco is going to win. It's at home. San Francisco uh, flexed their muscles uh, last week against the Jags. And I think they can do it again in San Francisco. Team still healthy. Intact, this team's healthy. It's like, hey, well, they're really scary. This is a really good team. I like the Niners uh, to beat the Bucks at this spot. Then Seattle and the Rams. So the Rams, I mean, Seattle's one-point favorite. But I'm picking the Rams here. Rams outright. I think this, to me, is a sure thing underdog lock. Uh, why? Because the Rams historically with Sean McVay are great against Seattle. I believe it's nine and four or something like that. Sean McVay is against uh, the Seahawks in his career. They're also getting Matthew Stafford back. This is the healthiest the Rams have been all season that since week one. And what happened in week one? They looked really good and they played San Francisco close. Uh, that's what happens when they were healthy. And then Seahawks, little digression there, Geno Smith, turnovers. Defense, it's funny. You know, I talk about how on certain networks they like to split up the season and stats, and it's like, hey, you play out the whole tape, you look at the whole picture, and you can isolate three weeks of Seahawks' good defense, but majority of the season it's been a bad defense outside of uh, Witherspoon. I think the Rams uh, get the win here, further stifle Seattle. Then Minnesota-Denver, tough one here uh, because Minnesota 6-4, and four, De- uh, Denver 4-5. and five. This is a tough one. I think it's going to be close. Is Justin Jefferson going to play? If he does, pick the, pick the Vikings. I'll pick the Vikings. But if he can't go up and play, Denver has been winning ugly. This one is it in Denver. Weather's going to be cold, chilly. Josh Dobbs, tough environment to play at mile high. Uh, I think if Justin Jefferson doesn't play, it's just too much to overcome on the road in Denver. Uh, you know, Vikings with this five-game win streak, I believe it gets snapped. Denver playing, you know, decent football right now, winning football. So that is my Week 11 picks. There you have it, everyone. Now moving on to more Jim Harbaugh and Michigan news. So as I reacted to yesterday, uh, to the Michigan, uh, you know, settlement basically of Jim Harbaugh keeping the suspension if the Big Ten drops, or, you know, Big Ten can keep their suspension on Jim Harbaugh if Michigan drops their lawsuit and restraining order against the Big Ten. It worked out. Uh, And, of course, no one talking about the Big Ten not wanting a lawsuit against him. 
And this was really an unselfish move from Jim Harbaugh, uh, like I thought it was. And, of course, new knowledge comes to light. So this, again, will paint Michigan in a bad light. But Michigan today fired their linebacker coach, Chris Partridge, a statement from the university, and I quote, From the outset, our focus has been on seeking due process and allowing the NCAA to conduct a fair and deliberate investigation. Although the Big Ten has closed its investigation, we are continuing to cooperate with the NCAA as it moves forward with its ongoing investigation. Consistent with our commitment to integrity, we will continue to take the appropriate actions, including disciplinary measures based on information we attain. Earlier today, Michigan Athletics relieved Chris Partridge of his duties as a member of a Michigan football staff. Due to employee privacy laws, we are unable to comment further. So we're not able to comment on that, and that was in the quote. Uh, and to me, I just think that it means that, hey, Chris Partridge did have some knowledge of the sign-stealing scheme. It has been reported that uh, he knew some reports have said he tried to cover it up. Um, so I think it's good that, hey, Michigan itself isn't trying to cover it up. They are saying that, hey, information gets released, and what happens? We're going to fire the guy. We're not going to fight around or try to keep him or appeal and, you know, dig ourselves in a hole. They are cooperating with the investigation. And I think that's the best case of action uh, for Michigan, to be fully honest, fully transparent. I think that's a great sign, again, Nothing ties him back to Jim Harbaugh and Sharon Morris. Uh, you know, let's say my defensive coordinator, Jesse Mentor, goes up to him. Guess what? I'd want Jesse to be fired too, how much I love him and how great of a defensive coordinator he is and has been for our team. Yeah, I'd be fine with him being dismissed because if he had knowledge, let him go. I think that's proper to punish the people involved not the people that were not involved or the university. So I think if they cooperate, I think it'll work out. I think Jim Harbaugh found out the hard way in not cooperating with Burgergate, which, again, I think is an absolute joke, uh, buying a recruit a hamburger during COVID when people were going through tough times. But, again, the NCAA doesn't really act on love, do they? Um, so I'll leave that at that. Once Michigan breaks more news, I will – I'd be happy to share the exact quotes from exact reporters and react uh, to that, not from ESPN propaganda. But I do expect Michigan to win tomorrow and prove to 11-0. They're not in my picks, though. So college football picks now. Down from last year, I am disappointed. I'm 60-50, and 80%. Last year going into the bowl games, I was like 98%. uh, So... There's still three weeks tomorrow, next week, in the championship week for me to get back as close as I can, need a few strong weeks. I've had some 9-1s this year, 8-2s, but too many 5-5s, 6-4s, 4-6s. Need to get back on the buck. Uh, Need to start back strong. Confident in my picks this week. Louisville, Miami. I'm going Miami. Uh, They are a close home favorite. Uh, I mean, close road, uh, close home dog. And Louisville's had a tough time in Miami. I'm just not a huge believer in Louisville as a team. Yes, they're nine and one. Um, do I believe they get to ten and one? I don't think they're that good of a team. Miami, their quarterback Van Dyke has played good uh, this year. 
If he's healthy, I expect Miami to pull off the upset, beat Louisville, potentially knock him out of the ACC title game. Next, SMU and Memphis. I'm going SMU on this one. Big, uh, way favorite. I just think SMU is a better team. Uh, they beat Memphis uh, tomorrow. Then game day is Appalachian State, James Madison. I think James Madison's going to win this game. They're 10-0, and and I think they're really ticked because, hey, they submitted to the NCAA because they're a first-year program. They won't be eligible for the Sun Belt Championship to go 13-0 and or for a bowl game. Uh, they got denied their uh, right to a bowl game this year. Uh, I believe that's going to make them upset. I believe they put on a statement win against Appalachian State and proved to 11-0 this season. I don't think that deters them. Utah and Arizona. So Arizona, one-point favorites. Utah started out as a favorite in this game. Uh, and I like Arizona in this one. Uh, the U of A uh, playing really stronger. Best, you know, last six weeks have just been tremendous football. Uh, Utah backup going to Arizona. You have Arizona with a great offense. Utah strong defense. If it was in Utah, probably go with the Utes. But the Utes gave Washington all they could handle. They go back down to earth in Arizona. Arizona survived a scare last week against Colorado. They now come back home. Rain it in. I like the U of A. Illinois and Iowa. I like Iowa. Uh, defense is too good. Uh, in Illinois, it's just not that good. North Carolina and Clemson. I'm picking North Carolina. Uh, away dog here for being 8-2. and two. Clemson 6-4. and four. Davo hyping up his team. I believe the hype comes crashing back down. Yes, you clinched the bowl game, but you're about to be 6-5. and five. I think Drake May slings it against the Clemson Tigers. Uh, taking a hit the past uh, few weeks, losing, you know, two out of three games. I believe North Carolina gets the dub this weekend. UNLV and Air Force. Give me UNLV. They played Michigan this year. Go beat Air Force. Tougher competition. Kansas State and Kansas. Big rivalry for every two Kansas teams. I'm going with Kansas State in this one. Should have beat Texas. Uh, just lost to Kansas. Also coming off a uh, loss to Texas Tech. I like Kansas State. Uh, better, more complete team. Uh, they beat Kansas. Kansas has had a tremendous year. But in games like this, I, I don't trust them. Then Washington, Oregon State. I'm going with Oregon State here. I believe this is the upset of the week. Washington at Oregon State. Tough place to play. Hard environment in Oregon State. The Beavs, the Chainsaw, the primetime game. Oregon State takes down number five. Washington Huskies removes them, which means, hey, uh, could we possibly get just one team from a Pac-12 or no team from a Pac-12 in the CFP? Then lastly, Texas and Iowa State. I'm picking Texas, but I think Iowa State will cover. I believe Texas is seven and a half point favorites. I think this game in Iowa State, 30 degrees, cold game. Tough for Texas to move the ball, score points. I believe it'll be a close game. Texas just ekes out yet another win this weekend. So there you have it. There's my my picks, NFL, college football, reaction to Joe Burrow. A lot of great matchups this weekend, both college and NFL. Looking forward to this. Closing in on a great college season. Talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody.